You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. verse for us this morning. It's first, first Corinthians uh, verse 2, 1 to 8, I think. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but God's power. We do not, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of the age or of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing, no, We are declaring God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God has destined for us for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's a good word. Give me a second. My iPad was still charging before I came up here, and now I've got to get it all ready for us. Um, I'm going to go back to that scripture in just a minute, but before I do, I want to uh, share with you guys the microchurch conference was awesome. Uh, it, was, it was really, really rich. Uh, I know Telsey just told us this, but I want to say some stuff about it too. Uh, like she said, there were five different churches from the city represented here in the house. Uh, there was this kind of common thing that I heard from different people about just how encouraged they were to be with the larger body of Christ, uh, all leaning in, asking Jesus, what does it look like to see the good news, you know, of Jesus spread abroad in the city of Victoria. We want to saturate Victoria with the good news of Jesus, and we're not alone in that desire. I heard one person articulate it to me this way. They said, like, you know, I often felt like with our church that we were like Elijah in the cave being like, oh, Lord, I'm the only one left. And, uh, and, and then the God speaks, if you know the story, God speaks to Elijah and tells him, no, you're not. There's thousands of other prophets as well who are still standing with me. And, uh, and these people just expressed to me a similar sense that they were like, oh, we're not the only church in the city that wants to see Jesus' name lifted high and see our city change. Does that encourage anybody? It is good. It is good, good, good to see the Spirit of God alive and working in His church. And, um, and one of the most fun parts about the weekend was hearing all sorts of stories about how God was moving in and through different people's lives. 
We heard stories in some of the video content that we looked at. We heard stories right here from people on the stage from local churches in Victoria about their missional communities or microchurches that were actually doing various things. Um, I heard stories when I was connecting with people in breakouts or just having conversations in little uh, you know, breaks during the, during the conference, which there weren't many of. We were just going hard right from start to finish. But we did have lunch yesterday. Anyway, it was just like so many good stories. Um, and in all the stories, I would say to you that I recognized a few threads. Uh, some of the threads that I heard in the stories were that most people felt hesitant or resistant or afraid to step into the thing that God was calling them to do. Most people um, had feelings of being not worthy or insignificant. Anybody relate to any of those sort of things? Yeah, okay. Well, most people who shared these amazing stories also can relate to that. Um, The other threads that really stuck out to me were just like simple obedience, small offerings to God, to his mission. Are we good? There we go. (laughs) An unexpected and unforeseen impact through that simple obedience and those small offerings. And uh, the main thing I want to kind of talk about today is just that, like, like, Why do we hesitate to step into the ideas and the dreams that God puts in us? And and, and what does he maybe have to say about it? And so now bringing it back to the scripture that Garen just read for us, let's think through some of the things that Paul spoke, that he wrote in that moment. Paul gives us this description of himself in the text that Garen just read, and I will list to you, or why don't you list back to me? Let's see who is listening. How's that? Uh, what, were, what were some of the things that Paul said to describe himself in this passage? Fear and trembling. Anything else? Huh? Weakness. What else? To- feeling inadequate. Right? Simple. He says, I I didn't have eloquent words. Right? He says, I lacked human wisdom. Trembling. Unpersuasive. This is how Paul describes himself. Now, a little side note here that I just want to throw in. Um, For any of us who have read or studied Paul a little bit, we might disagree with him on his self-assessment. You know, I I consider him pretty persuasive and smart and, 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 and strong in his language. But isn't that so common? That the way we assess ourselves is not the same as the way the people around us would assess us. We either underestimate or sometimes overestimate who we are. But there's something really powerful about having 
an honest and accurate assessment of us that actually lines up to who God says we are, the people around us speak over us. But Paul definitely described himself in these terms we just talked about, weak and afraid and trembling and unpersuasive and so on and so forth. But there was one other thing that Paul said in this description of himself that we haven't touched on. He said he was resolved. Resolved to what? What was Paul resolved to do? Anybody? Anybody listening to the passage or familiar with it? To, to know nothing but Christ, professing Christ, and specifically what about Christ? That he was crucified, right? Yeah. And he was resolved to also keep that theme at the center of their relationship. I came to you and I wanted to know nothing among you. It's this sort of like shared experience together that at the center of our relationship is going to be the message of Christ and specifically of Christ crucified. Paul really believed that the best thing that he had to offer people was the message of Jesus and the power of the Spirit. He, he wasn't like, hey, guys, I'm going to write some good letters. They're going to change the world. You know, like he didn't, he didn't list off his pedigree of all these sort of things. He's like, guys, the best thing I've got going that I can bring to this relationship is the message of Christ crucified and the power of the Spirit. That's it. So Paul's recipe for successful missions work was... Weakness and uneloquence and foolishness and fear and trembling and unpersuasive words plus Jesus equaled lives transformed through faith in God. There was a key ingredient in the recipe. Did you catch it? What was the key ingredient? Come on, yes, okay, come on. If I was down in Roots, they would have got it quicker, I guarantee it, okay? The, 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 the key ingredient is Jesus. He kept Jesus central to what he wanted to talk about, but why he was there. And I'm going to tell you this, okay? As I was listening to all the stories this weekend from the, from the conference, there was just this really simple equation that emerged for me. Simple and small plus Jesus equals significant. Simple obedience and small offerings plus Jesus equals significant impact. Like, if you think about a math equation, here's a real simple one for you, okay? One, one let's say one dollar, okay? One dollar plus one billion dollars. How much do you have? One billion and one dollar. You guys are following with me, right? I don't have to explain that one. Okay, good. Just checking. 
I really thought you were. I'm not trying to, like, you know, shame anybody that you couldn't do that math or figure it out. Anyways, just trying to be funny, you know. Our simple and our small plus Jesus equals significant, meaningful, dynamic, powerful, transforming. The good news of Jesus is still the power of God unto salvation for all who will believe it. But Paul goes on, right, and he talks about, he compares the type of wisdom that there is for us to choose from. He compares the world's wisdom to God's wisdom. And what does he tell us? Look at this in verse 7. He talks about, or sorry, verse 6. He talks about the wisdom of the world. And he says, he says this, not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to what? Nothing. The wisdom of this age and the rulers of this age in all of their energy and all of their gifting and all of their strategy and in all of their effort is going to amount to nothing. Man. Told you Paul uses strong language. But God's wisdom, verse 7, is mysterious and hidden. This mysterious and hidden wisdom in God leads to what? Glory. Let's read it. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden that God destined for our glory before time began. The wisdom of God does not amount to nothing. The wisdom of God leads to what? To glory. But the wisdom of God is very different than the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world will say to you, go big, get noticed. The wisdom of God, keep it simple and small. Stay hidden. There's actually something in the simplicity and the smallness of the way that the kingdom of God works and what he calls us to walk in and how he invites us to partner with him that actually helps us fly under the radar of the powers and the principalities that rule this age. Because the final verse that Darren read to us this morning was that had they understood the wisdom of God, they wouldn't have done what? Crucified Jesus. Can somebody explain to me in terms of this world's wisdom how crucifixion was successful? God is very different. Then then his ways are very different than the ways of the world. Sometimes I believe that we actually prefer complicated. 
I hear a few chuckles. I think someone's agreeing in the room. You know, I've had God doing a thing in me lately where he's just talking to me about this, and I feel like what I've been learning is he's saying, simple doesn't mean easy. See, because I, I told my kids this. I was giving them an illustration about what Jesus was speaking to me, and I was like, see, when I had my business and I gave somebody a really simple job to do, it was very easy for me to measure whether they were doing it well or not. But someone who has a more complicated job description, big terms, big grand, you know, idea of everything they do, which was, which was, which was me as the boss because I wore so many hats in this business and da, da, da. And it's so easy for me to hide behind that complicated description and nobody could tell if I'm doing a good job or not because I made my role so complicated. Are you tracking with me? So the more complicated we make it, the easier it is to really kind of hide behind that complicated nature and we don't have to face the fact of whether we're really doing what we're supposed to be doing. Jesus made it real simple. Love, faith, make disciples. That's pretty much like, you know, that's just on the spot. I just thought of that stuff, okay? It's not in my notes, but it's, it's like that simple. This is what he cares about. Do you love people? Do you trust me? Go make disciples. Simple and small plus Jesus equals significant. There's so many precedents in Scripture for this. God seems to love using the obscure versus the obvious. He loves to use the hidden versus the famous. He even loves to use our failure more than our success. Like, I got to tell you guys, it's true. Anything plus God equals amazing. There's another equation for you. And it's no lie. Listen to this. My sin plus God equals something amazing. When I bring even my sin into the light before God and confess it and don't deny that it's there, when I bring that into his presence and actually speak it out to other people in the church and share it, God does something amazing with it. Anything plus God equals amazing. Think of like Gideon. Anybody know the story of Gideon in the Bible? I'll tell it real quick. If anybody doesn't, Gideon is called to go fight these enemies of the people of Israel, and he's got a big army with him, and, and God looks at the army and gives Gideon a message. He says, your army's too big. It needs to be smaller, Gideon. And he whittles this thing down to 300 people who, if you read on in the story, go and fight over 100,000 people by the time it's all calculated and said and done. And God was like, yeah, no, 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 too big of an army. If that army's that big, um, 
people might think it was your strength and your gifting and your ability that won the battle. I, I want people to know there's a living God among the people of Israel. And there's a way better story in Scripture, but this guy, you know, about Jesus, uh, that we will maybe talk about in a little bit. That story of Gideon points to Jesus. Totally points to Jesus. And I think to myself, some of the stories I heard this weekend. Um, we had Maddie and Nikki Jardine up here on the stage yesterday morning. Anybody love the Jardines? Come on. And the Jardines just shared about how when COVID hit, they got a text message from an anonymous pastor of Life Tree Church that, uh, that said, hey, would you guys be willing to do like an online group so people can like stay connected? And, and they told their story yesterday being like, man, we did not want to. When we got that text, we were like, no, we don't. And, uh, and, and as, and as they, they prayed on it, they both just felt they were supposed to do it, and they stepped into it with total resistance and hesitance, and, and, and all they knew was that their marriage needed some work, so they figured, let's do a group focusing on marriages. And so they had four other couples join them every other Thursday for two years, it ended up lasting. They didn't know how long it would go for, but at the end of that two years, they have relationships forged that they believe will last a lifetime. They told stories of how every evening before they would get on Zoom, they were fighting with each other. It was like it didn't fail. They would have a fight before. I'm telling you all this. They said it publicly yesterday, okay? So I have feel liberty. They said this from a stage on a microphone just yesterday, okay? And... Uh, and so, and in front of not their church family, like the larger Church of Victoria, okay? So, anyways. Um, but they just shared this, like, coming into it from that place, and God would show up week after week after week. And they were like, there was no question. People were leaving impacted. It wasn't like, oh, I wonder how so-and-so felt about that. Everybody was being clearly impacted through it. Or there was, there was a, a young lady from West Village Church who shared a story about them housing international students, and she really wasn't, like, loving it. And they had this one student live with them from Japan who, she was like, I, I just swear, he hated me. Like, every, the whole six months, I was like, this guy hates me, I can't do anything right. And it was, I forget how long after he went home, they got a letter from him that just, like, pouring out his heart, how they're his family. And, and he's like, I've never had a father like I had with you, with, to her husband, and all this sort of stuff. Um, and it was just like this deep connection happened through this young guy living in their house for six months that, that, that she was like, it was horrible. It was so hard, but she, uh, she's like, after I got that letter, I would do it all over again. You know, just this simple thing of letting him live with them. Or I think, guys, I got a, I got a text this week. Let's share some stories, okay? I got, I got a text this week from somebody here in our church. And the text said this. This is, I, I trimmed it up just to make it a little shorter, but hey. So this past week, I've been asking myself if anything that I do even matters. Remember, I mentioned that to you? Well, I just got this text. So this is all the text I received, okay? 
So this person was saying, remember I told you I feel like maybe nothing I do ever matters? And the text they received from somebody said, hey, name, I'm being anonymous, as you can tell, on purpose. Hey, so-and-so, I don't know if you even remember us, but the Sunday morning at your church and the encouragement you and your family were to us was life-changing, exclamation point. Particularly the prophetic prayer that your, your pastor, that's, that's me, I guess, uh, <laughs> prayed over us. Now, here's the interesting thing about, I'll finish reading it. The direction and comfort that he prayed has been a great source of encouragement to us. So thank you for being so faithful to the family of God. Now, I can tell you this. I, re- I do remember praying with those people. I have no clue what I said. I couldn't for the life of me right now remember what I prayed out over them. Which means it was just, it was a moment where God put a little impression in my heart and I, and I prayed it out loud and it really impacted them. And I know what the, the person who received this text, I know what, what they did that this person's referring to, right? This person said, um, the encouragement you and your family were to us was life-changing. Well, what this family did was they invited them for lunch after the gathering, and they had a conversation with them, and they got to know them a bit, and they probably spoke into their lives, because I know these people are really like, believe God speaks to them and share what they, they feel as well. What I want you to see in that text message was it was just something so simple, and this individual who sent me the message was saying, like, I wrestle with wondering if anything I do even matters. And then I get this message, this text message, that's like, hey, remember when you invited us for lunch? And you prayed with us? Well, our life was changed. I want to share one more story. This is reaching back a few years. But when I was running my roofing company, I had this client who buys properties all over the city and fixes them up and then sells them off. And, um, and we were at a, a property downtown one day, this big old vacant building, and this individual had a cast from just below his knee all the way down past his toes. He had broken his ankle playing basketball that week. And, um, and I just asked him, I said, hey, man, like, you know, this is probably, I don't know, the fourth, fifth project I'd done with this person. And, uh, and I was just like, hey, you know, I, I, I follow Jesus. And, um, and I believe he still heals people today. Could I, just, could I pray for your broken bones to be healed? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Go for it. I'm like, like, like right now? He's like, oh, you know, oh, right? <laughs> okay. And... Uh, and so I remember I knelt down on the dusty floor of this empty apartment and laid my hands around his cast, and I started to just pray, simple prayer, like probably something like I just command these bones to heal in Jesus' name. I'm like, so how you doing? Fine. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing happened that we could see 
in that moment. And then two years later, I am at a home show out in Colwood. We have a booth where we're promoting products that we sell. And this individual walks up to me and says, hey, Caleb, I got to tell you something. I'm following Jesus now. And I was like, bro! And I was just like so excited and we got all like joyous there and hugged. And I was like, tell me about it. Like, what? Like, what, what happened? And he's like, and he, you know where he starts the story? He says, you remember a couple years ago when I had that cast and you like, you prayed for me? He's like, yeah. And he's like, and nothing happened? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I remember. And he's like, well... I walked away, well, he didn't walk, he hobbled on his crutches, but anyway. <laughs> I went away from that time thinking to myself, there's people who actually believe this stuff. That was like, that was the seed. The seed for him was this, this failed prayer for healing, if you will. Maybe not failed, right? So, but anyways. And... And the thought, oh my gosh, there's like people who believe this stuff. And then he starts dating this, this girl who's, you know, on her way walking away from the Lord. And, and, then, and then in their, their connecting, he ends up interested in this kind of little bit of faith that she still had. And attending a church with her in Las Vegas and, and, and getting a relationship with the pastor there who's someone she has friendship with, starts reading the Bible and gives his heart to Jesus. Now, this individual is on the board of a church here in Victoria. He, he's a leader in a local church in the city of Victoria. And it's amazing. But the, the point of the story, right, is like simple, small, seemed like a failure. God got him. And this is, this is, this is guys, this is, the, this is the way the king of the universe seems to like to work. Okay? He... he when, when God makes a plan, God sitting on his throne goes, I'm going to save the world. Well, how about I come as a baby into a poor family? And then live for 30 years in obscurity. And do nothing seemingly significant build some good furniture, you know, ditch my parents in Jerusalem, all that sort of stuff. And when he eventually goes public, okay, and he's going to have his moment to shine and have the limelight of public fame, he gathers a team of nobodies. And his public career is dissociated from the institutions of power and despised by his peers and his colleagues and other leaders of the day. 
He's falsely accused and misunderstood. He never left behind any big buildings or, or, or anything like that. We, we've made some buildings, yes, since his departure. But he didn't build any big buildings under his name. He didn't provide an org chart for how the whole thing was going to work. He didn't write some complicated constitutional bylaws. And then he finished it all off with a death on a cross for sins he did not commit. Oh, and by the way, on your behalf. Oh, and then he rose from the dead, by the way. On your behalf. Vindicated. Lifted up to show that this path of obscurity and hiddenness and simplicity leads to glory, leads to resurrection, is miraculous in power to transform. The closest thing to any constitutional bylaws that he left us with were love one another as I have loved you. How did he love you? We just, we just laid it out. We just talked about it. Well, I did. How did he love you? Gave his life. In simplicity. In obscurity. Suffering, in being misunderstood, in going unnoticed for a season. Of course, he got quite noticed at some point. But when he says, you know, go and love one another and the world around you in the way that I have loved you, how did he teach them that? He spent three plus years with them, showing them what it looked like. And then he said, now you go do the same. And I'm telling you guys, I believe with all my heart that he's speaking things into your hearts about where to follow him and how to follow him in his mission of loving people and spreading the good news of who he is and what he's like. I had the the privilege yesterday of leading a breakout session down the hall with a group of people, and all we did in that room was we put a whiteboard out and we said, okay, what are the ideas that God puts in your heart and your mind for how to be missional in the city of Victoria. And we ended up with a list of ideas. And people being like, hey, can I take a picture of that before I leave the room? And, and there was, what I want you to know is that there was no shortage of ideas and dreams that God is putting in the hearts of his people. So what stops us? What stops us? I'm stepping into them. 
sure some hindrances, maybe reorganizing schedule and time and all those sort of real things. But I think a lot of what stops us is the stuff Paul talked about in the scripture Garen read to us. We're afraid. We feel weak. We think it's insignificant. What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't last? Well, what if you pray for the guy and he doesn't get healed? Maybe he'll give his heart to Jesus instead. You know, like, like it's like we, 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 want, we want the success. We want the, the story. We want the thing that people are going to notice and pat us on the back and go, good job, you know, and that gets a big name. And Jesus says, simple and small plus me equals significant. He's the secret ingredient, guys, not you. And in many ways, actually, your weakness and your fear and your trembling only gives him more glory. It causes the fact that there's actually a living God at work here. So what I want to invite you to today, we're going to close on this, okay? I want to invite you to repent. We love that word, right? Repent from the need to be noticed and seem significant and offer to Jesus your simple obedience, your small, your afraid obedience to whatever that thing is that he's speaking to you. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to close, okay? Can you guys stand? And if you feel inclined to put your hands out in a receiving posture, I like to do that. You can. You don't have to. But I'm going to pray, and we're going to close. Jesus, I ask that you would remind us that it is the good news of you and what you have already done and the power of your spirit that is what we have to offer the world. And I ask you to, to just pour out on your people, on us, your church, here and now, creative ideas for how to express that good news in word and in deed, that the city of Victoria might encounter you and your kindness and your goodness and your love through your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Life Tree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.